Welcome everybody to the This Time Podcast, episode 3. Uh, title today of our podcast is going to be Disney Animation, Past, Present, and Future. We're going to be taking a look today at um, the history and uh, what's upcoming for Disney Animation uh, Studios. So, uh, I'm Micah, your host, and along with me is my co-host Nelson and also Rissa. And we have a special guest today. Uh, AJ. Uh, AJ, since you're new to the podcast, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and also um, a quick bio on your uh, Disney fandom. Hello. Um, my name is AJ Lopez. And um, I'm act- actually right now I'm a visual development artist and I'm actually signing up for um, for animation uh, internships and jobs actually. And um, Disney's just been like a whole part of my whole life that it just got me into thinking of not just using it for as a passion, but also as a career, too. Yeah, that sounds good, AJ. So um, have you been like studying and everything your whole life to to work toward that goal? Yes. Like I started studying about like the process, like not just from like old specials from the VHS uh, but they also had uh, like they had like you know bonus features from DVDs and then later on when YouTube was more accessible I would just watch uh, you know just for fun like information about how how the animation process is and how they do it behind the scenes yeah and, uh, yeah YouTube just, has like, a lot like, of stuff on there yeah yeah, there's a lot, especially right now. So um, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with our uh, with our topic today, which is uh, Disney animation. So um, we'll start with um, what Walt and uh, Roy started with their animation with the uh, Alice comedies. So the Alice comedies, uh, they were a series of animated cartoons that incorporated both live action and animation um it was centering around a cat named julius um and they basically alice who is a live action like i said a little girl um and the cat julius would have adventures across an animated landscape um so disney did this while he was still part of laughogram studios in kansas city um and he uh, uh started this out with oob iwerks who is one of his main staff um yeah so what made it unique was a combination of animation as well as live action Um, a lot of people thought this was gimmicky in the past but it set the precedent for you know what would come what would be to come with uh, combining live action as well as animation they used it several other times too like in mary poppins right yeah that's uh, that was oh yeah yeah, that was further down the line for sure. But yeah, they incorporated that same type of technique of, of live action cross and cartoon. So so back in these days, um, when the Alice comedies came out, um, they didn't have any sound that came with the, the video. So they would have to play like the soundtrack on a piano in the theaters when they showed it. Uh, right they they also had a like an installation in a Walt Disney Family Museum that you kind of uh get 
the sense of how they kind of sync it with um, later on in their in their uh, development they had a a live orchestra following along with um, the the uh, call it? the animation and uh, you get to play around with these instruments and kind of sync it up especially later on when they get towards the silly symphonies that's how they did it so moving on past the Alice comedies, they they went into the first animation to synchronize the sound with this film, and that would be Steamboat Willie. Um, as you were saying, at the Disney Family Museum, they have a sample where you can uh, test out, like, play instruments to go along with the, the beat. And, yeah, that's how they did the, the music before. So uh, one in- invention that that was utilized was the uh, the multi-plane camera. Um, AJ, do you want to talk about the multi-plane camera? Yes. So the multi-plane camera, before we had, you know, like Photoshop or um, programs where you can have like a bunch of layers all in one, they, phys- they had to physically build that. And what it is is they have like this huge mechanical device that holds all the layers in together with the camera at the very top. And um, it just gives that illusion of uh, depth in the scene. So like, for example, like if you look at the old, um, like Snow White or Sleeping Beauty uh, background scenes, they kind of um, have like a panning, there would be like a panning scene where the camera moves from like, let's say left to right. And it just kind of gives it that illusion that the castle's far away. But in reality, it's just um, maybe four or five layers of um, uh, pictures on top of each other. Yeah. And yeah, it's just amazing how we went from that to how it is right now. It's like this is before computers. So truly analog way of doing it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, for sure. Mechanical. So. Yeah, they. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. They also have a a version, like a. like an installation at the same museum that we were talking about earlier, they have a multi-plane camera there that you can actually see uh, some layers of the scene from Snow White in the uh, how they pan from the uh, the forest scene. So there's some some cells there too. So AJ, um, you were mentioning like uh, the character development um, in animations before in the feature-length films, uh, they would shortcut some stuff or leave out. Um, you know, the full drawing of an ear or something like that. Uh, yeah. So the process of animation back then, like, do you know how it, how it went? Well, we can start from way back when they had, you know, the classic Mickey Mouse, Minnie and Mickey Mouse era. Oh, like the cartoons and... from the 30s and 40s? Yeah. Like, there's a big reason why there's only four fingers. And also the reason why they were just basically like fully black and white is just about simplification for the animators. And um, like, for example, it would have been hard for animators to do like five fingers. And what they would do is basically just simplify everything from color to lines. And actually, even in today's world, there's still that use of simplicity. But, so, uh, not... is it because yeah. they have to draw every frame? 
Yeah, they had to draw every frame, and it was just, it took like a long time to do that process. So I'm assuming back then they had like lots and lots of people working on like different stills to get it, to get it right. Yeah, it had like a huge team of animators. Yeah, there's, if it's anything similar to what I've seen for anime, there's a set of um, the main frames or what, what are called key animators that make the general movements. And then there's the fill-in artists that essentially will fill in the cells that for the actual detailed movement. So there's different levels of, you know, that type of animation there. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume it's a, a complicated process because... Very time-consuming. <laughs> yeah, especially because if you have more than one person working on an animation, you want to make everything look fluid and, and consistent yeah consistent yeah. yeah exactly you don't want one character being one size and then it ends up being smaller or bigger in another frame they would uh also use model sheets for those and model sheets not just to keep everything consistent but like for example um there would be like a full body shot and how each body part would look like and even like character expressions there would just be like a model sheet like a like a little guide for each of the animators so that one thing one scene is always like consistent with the other scenes do you know who created those model sheets was it mm. usually like the the head animator or something would do it usually it has to do with a uh, character design okay and uh for his uh for disney's bigger uh characters it was usually the one of the old men, as they referred to them. Oh, like the um, eight old men? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were the, the main character designers. Uh, so they would come up with uh, like bio behind the characters and whatnot. Um, they would board them and then um, go through character design expressions, and they would make the models. That's cool. So, AJ, you do uh, storyboarding right now, right? Yeah. I'm currently a storyboard artist. But I do a few illustrations here when needed. So, uh, what's like the the process like for a film or something like that when you when you have to storyboard? Well, for ours, so I work with uh, Hootquarters. It's a small uh, YouTube channel, and the thing is, we're like since we're just like a small studio, we just share um, like multiple jobs for each like. For me, I would deal with like storyboarding, and I also co-designed as well for the characters. Mm. But we also have an animator, and he's from uh, Peru, and he's he deals with mostly the like the animation itself. And so um, I basically just work from the script that's given from my boss, and um, I just basically show show the animator how the scene would um, how the scene would uh, look like basically okay like a little like a little comic pretty much so you take your cues from the the script itself yeah so yeah um, moving on past the the multiplane camera which uh, had a lot of usage um, there was a process that was used in Mary Poppins. Um, kind of like a, a green screen um, before there was a green screen uh, it was called the sodium vapor process um, 
And there was a machine also in the uh, Disney Family Museum that uh, that gives an example of one of the scenes that they used um, in uh, in Mary Poppins. It was a uh, dancing with uh, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. Uh, it's a pretty classic scene. Is that the one with the penguins? With the penguins, yes. Oh. <laughs> so. Those are. Oh yeah, go ahead, AJ. It's like pretty interesting like how like nowadays we had you know like space jam or who framed roger rabbit Mm -hmm. but then all along like in the early days of disney they were already doing to doing 2d 2d and live action especially with allison with alice oh yes yes that was uh in the 1920s so yeah it's pretty good how they did that after they you know developed some more animation and whatnot um there was the the age of the computers um which is i guess we're still in right now um so there's something called computer assisted animation and then computer generated animations um the films that they use computer assisted animations on were uh films like beauty and the beast and and tarzan so most of it it's hand drawn. Some are are drawn with a software, um, but the computer fills in the frame, uh, fills in frames, um, like in between frames. Uh, have you heard of that, uh, AJ? Uh, yes, I heard of that. Especially, like they used it for um, Mulan as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it would like take the place of of some of those fill in artists where. They don't have to draw too much, and the computer would just, like, create some of the animation, right? Yeah, especially, you know, that scene where they had a bunch of the the Hun army? Yes. Like, it would just be crazy for for people to actually hand-draw each of those when they can just use the computer instead to just, like, replicate each of the army men. Oh, that's like the, when they're far back, it was, like, panned out. And then the Hun army is coming at um, the Chinese army. Yeah, in the snow scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just fascinating. That would have been a lot of man hours if it was done by hand. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. So um, there's also the computer-generated animations. Um, we know, like Pixar, they use it a lot, and then the. Uh, the Disney Animation Studio now, they're starting to do a lot more of that, um, where it's completely using uh, the computer to generate the models and then, I guess, render it as well. Um, AJ, do you know about the process of, of how they do that with a computer-generated? Computer? That one I don't really know too well. There's some scenes that I've noticed. Like, they use it a lot in Tarzan for... You know, like the tree sliding scenes, oh, but right, also right. the the Beauty and the Beast ballroom scene in particular. That background is definitely a three D. So even the original like nineteen ninety some release. Yeah, that that was yeah. uh, using a computer assisted. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially when he's uh, Tarzan surfing on the trees. That's uh, right. yeah. Because you could see like. Tarzan himself looks like a different uh, texture than the than the trees. The trees, yeah. yeah. Trees. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of noticed that um, in Aladdin, when they uh, when he's oh, trying going to escape, through the cave, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, the cave of when wonders, he's flying on the on the carpet, right. And that then would have been hard to animate if it was two D. Right, right. And then like what AJ mentioned with the ballroom scene uh, in Beauty and the Beast, with the the pan when it pans out, and then yeah. you see the ballroom. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's computer assisted. So now, um, in the present time, we have a lot of uh, computer generated animations. Um, Pixar uh, really popularized that, uh, where it's you know completely in three D. Um, starting with Toy Story, and then moving on to what we see today. Well, they sh- they actually started with their shorts. Um, right, for right. sure. Yeah. yeah, and that branched out to their full first feature length with Toy Story. Um, yeah. But you can see in their early shorts with like Luxo, the Luxo ball, and um, or the lamp, and the Pixar ball, right, uh, going through that. Yeah, it's it was like a whole process for them before they before they came out with Toy Story. Yeah, Steve Jobs was actually behind uh, Pixar as well. Oh, do you know what capacity was in uh, with Pixar? I believe he was chair at one point. Oh wow! Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, AJ, do you know the the process of of these current films? How they do it? I'm trying to remember. I think I just saw a. I think it was like for a test for Toy Story. Okay. And in this particular video, it was from John Lasseter actually, oh, and wow. he was just talking about the process. He looks so young. <laughs> and um, actually, in the video itself. Um, like the character designs for Woody and Buzz was totally different. Like even Buzz Lightyear, he was a, a lot smaller in the design. And um, I think because the program that they use, it's it was a lot more. It's still simple, but at the same time, it was something that was very new at the time. Like you know, using three D to create like actual scenes and creating basically digital puppets for the animators wow yeah and um that's it i remember like during college there there was actually two classes like one is for just animating and the other one is for rigging rigging is where you're basically building the puppet itself like making sure you have you know like the skeletal structure inside the puppet and also have like the facial features so that by the time the animator has their hand at the model itself, that they can be able to um, manipulate this digital puppet. So um, in the rigging, did you have to like build a physical model? Uh, digital. Digital, okay. Yeah. So you have to like put the skeleton in and then put the muscles and everything? Um, I didn't get to do the muscles at the time, but, um, it's just basically adding like this, um, skeleton made up of long, long cones and balls. Oh, okay. And it fits into the 3D model itself. It's the cones. Yeah. yeah. I would think it's just prime, <laughs> like essentially just the points of articulation. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I assume that's right. Oh yeah. Another thing too, like what they use for, um, 
like to make a convincing movement for 3D animation is so you know like there'll be like a timeline like kind of like what you would have for um video editing basically and uh what they would do is let's say you have a ball and i want to make this ball look like it's bouncing and you know you kind of move the ball like from the timeline like let's say from zero to seven seconds and it moves right Mm mm-hmm and you know when you hit the play button it just moves kind of robotically and unconvincing and so what they would do for the pro what they would have in the program is you mess around with these curves and um when you manipulate the curves it kind of makes it bounce in a more convincing way like it looks like it actually has physics applied onto them so it's sort of like stretching it to a sense yeah yeah they're stretching the movement, so it just, um, the way it moves up and down, there's like a pull to it. Wow. That's, a, yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I've had a little experience using um, some CADing software, and CAD is uh, computer-assisted uh, drafting, mm-hmm. where, you know, I would make, or CAD up, digital parts and then if there's an actuation to it yeah my experience is just literally from move from move this point to this point so it's almost like a linear transition Mm. and i get what aj was saying where yeah you give it like a time frame of moving from here to here that's cool Mm. yeah and obviously with catting it's not that uh um as a Sophisticated, I guess, is like actual animation software, but uh, it, you know, gets the job done. Yeah. So, um, some of the the software that they use um, would be uh, AJ. You know, are you familiar with Autodesk uh, Autodesk Maya? Ah, uh, yes. That's that's the program that we used in class for the the modeling, right? Uh, for both. Although um, I felt kind of bad because for uh, animation class, that one I had to drop. It was like a really busy quarter. Um, yeah, it looks like it's uh, it's used to create 3D assets for like film, TV, and games as well. Yeah, the, the users define a, a visual, virtual workspace or a scene to implement and edit uh, media of the project. And the scenes can be saved in uh, different formats. Um, the default being a, a Maya software type extension. Um, yeah. And um, so once the animators uh, develop the stuff on, on Maya, it looks like they um, they render it, right? With using yeah. a, a rendering software. Um Pixar developed one. It's an award-winning one. It's called Renderman. AJ, do you know anything about Renderman? Uh, not too much, but yeah, I heard about them having their own software, Renderman. Yeah, it looks like it was used in movies like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, uh, stuff like Terminator 2, Toy Story, Jurassic Park. So, yeah, it's not just Disney using it. Um, like All these other studios are using it as well. 
What uh which other studios uh use Renderman? Um it it looks like they were so not so Pixar developed it, but um Walt Disney Animation Studios is using it. Um Industrial Light and Magic. ILM. Yep. There's some in, in the UK. Uh Moving Picture Company, Double Negative, Melt VFX in uh, in France. There's one called MacGuff. And then Illumination, MacGuff also uses it. So uh-huh. yeah, it's um, it's it's used pretty widely here. So uh, yeah, I I saw that it also um, you can use it as a plugin for your um, the other software like like Autodesk Maya to to render your, your animation. And the present animations that that Disney is working on right now. Um, Obviously, we we saw the release of Incredibles two earlier in the year, and then coming up, it's gonna be Ralph breaks the internet. Ooh, I'm excited for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was actually there during D twenty three expo when they had the the animation release. It was actually John Lasseter's last D twenty three expo. Um, little did we know at the time, but basically they released a whole bunch of footage uh all the disney princesses except for ming na and the originals like um the ogs that are probably passed away yeah the ones that are passed away um they weren't there i think ming na was somewhere else for a different engagement um but they were actually there on stage introducing each other um so it's pretty (laughs) cool um they showed the full scene of the princess um the one that's in the trailer. So there's a lot of jabbing at themselves. It's super meta. Um, and uh, Taraji P. Henson is a character within Wreck-It Ralph, uh, within the internet, uh, named Yas. You know, oh. like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she ends up being their guide in the wow. internet. Yeah, so it, it's it looked really good. It's It's like a sleeper animation that you should not fall asleep on um yeah i i like the first one so i hope this is a good follow-up to it they stuff a lot in there um yeah and there's even like star wars (laughs) yeah because Uh, they they end up in oh my disney which is an actual website yes it is yeah (laughs) uh so oh my disney is like loaded with a whole bunch of different disney different disney things and uh that's where you find uh, Penelope uh, finding the princesses and behind the, the door that says do not enter. Yeah, isn't Vanellope herself uh, a princess too? Or is she like the queen or something like that? She is a princess technically and she yeah. ends up becoming the president of uh, Candy Crush. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, president. she didn't want there to be a monarchy anymore. So. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So some other uh, Pixar things to look out for. I believe one of the uh, main directors is delving into... He didn't have concept art or anything yet. It's kind of just a story uh, right now. It's it's going into how he lost his father as a child. And it's going really deep. Um, and he's like modeling uh, how he went through it as a kid with like imaginary uh, friends and all that. 
Um, so they're trying to adapt that to an actual animation feature. Um, they have another one called Space. That's their working title. Uh, it kind of looks like uh, like planes, but wow. like fighter jets that can go into space. So wow. they're yeah. Um, they actually, you know how animators they tend to go on like research trips. Yes. During yeah. Mm -hmm. So they actually got to board one of those jets. And they said it was crazy because they hit like the, I don't know what mock is safe for humans, but the top one that they could hit. Did they pass out? Almost, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you're especially not trained for it, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty easy. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Yeah, there was uh, there were a couple other ones that um, they released as well. Because uh, at the time it Frozen short was not released yet, um, so Chris and Frozen Bella Fever? And, yeah, 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 no, the um, the other one, the one with the Olaf one, the one where he's trying to find traditions for Christmas for Anna and Elsa. Okay. The one that's before Coco that everybody was up in arms about because it wasn't really short. Oh, uh, they said it was gonna be yeah. as short, but it was really long. It was like almost thirty minutes long. And then they took it out because people yeah. were complaining. Yeah. Um, yeah, they released that, and Josh Gad was actually singing there at D23. I like that. Yeah. I think he was a good LeFou in uh, in the live action. Oh, for Beauty <laughs> and the Beast? Yeah. <laughs> All I saw was Olaf <laughs> the Olaf. whole time. I was like, what's Olaf doing there in Beauty and the Beast? Other He's than, just a sidekick. Other He's than pining, pining over Gaston? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really does look like the 2D character spot on. <laughs> that face. They probably yeah. uh, modeled. Uh, they used some mocap or something? I would think, yeah, just to get those facial expressions. Yeah. Uh, makes it easier. I don't know if they use mocap on that. I know they use mocap on the, the full uh, beast because they weren't. He was like in a in stilts and everything. Ah, so. yes. Yeah. So, so here's yeah. another thing on an animation, uh, motion capture. Um, AJ, do you know the process of that? Uh, yeah, we had some experience at my college where we were just in a room for motion cap, and it's like you have a bunch of cameras, basically, and what they do is they have like the actor or the person that they're trying to capture. Have him in a suit full of, uh, like, basically ping pong balls. Mm. And what it is is all those cameras capture each of the motion and apply it onto the model. And sometimes, or if they need to capture the face, they do that as well. And uh, even, like, in the Marvel movies where there will be a bunch of tiny dots onto the face. And there will be, like, this camera mounted to the front of their face. So it, so that you know it's not moving or anything. The ca the camera just follows the front of the face. You know, I saw uh, like a behind the scenes for some of the the movies that Andy Serkis does. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. he does a lot of those uh, anime like where he's an animated character. I think it's because like of Lord of the Rings, he actually started his own mocap company. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's called though, but 
Yeah, and they were right. utilizing that that technology Asia was talking about just now. Yep. Yeah, and sometimes those actors they have to be really spot on and know their characters because, for example, with Dan Stevens, um, they would capture him in the full mocap and then they would go back and post, and he would have to basically record his features, um, and his expressions and remember what he was doing in that scene, and they would overlay it. Back for Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. for Beauty and the Beast. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, he had a pretty hard role there. They did a really good job with it, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, um, for the uh, the future of animation, um, they we have announced they announced Toy Story Four as well as Frozen Two. Uh, Toy Story Four was originally supposed to come out when the uh, Incredibles Two came out, but they they switched the uh, the timing between the two. Um, because of, uh, you know, they replaced uh, John Lasseter. So, so yeah, uh, Toy Story 4 is in development, and then Frozen, Frozen 2 will be, like, after that. Um, what do you guys all think about, you know, that they're just doing a lot of sequels for, for their, um, like, original stories rather than coming up with a lot of brand new things? I mean... I think it comes into play with the fact that a lot of these are Sherwins in, in terms of um, of merchandise. Uh, when you know that you're going to sell certain merchandise for kids, that you're just going to milk the cow. You know, they're a company and they're, they want to make their money somehow. And a lot of it comes from merchandise. Um, we saw a difference when it was still just Pixar. I was um, gonna. Yeah, I wanted to touch <laughs> yeah. up on that. If it was just Pixar still and not like Disney not owning them and all, yeah, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be doing sequels. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they were totally against doing sequels at first. Yeah, when when Pixar and Disney kind of like broke off their deal and Pixar was trying to launch Cars on its own, um, you saw that they were trying to do their own thing and not go backwards by by doing sequels and revisiting things. Um, unless it fit the story. Uh, but once Disney came back in the picture, you kind of saw that shift towards, you know, more sequels. You, you also see that with, like, the Star Wars and, and uh, Marvel Universe. Um, I'm not knocking it because I love it all, um, and I'm just always, like, take my money. Um, so, but that's just the way it happens when you have something that, that a formula that works. I think... Um... Disney has always been big on on creating IPs and then building off of it. Um, if you look at some of the older animation like Cinderella or uh, even even uh, Mulan, they had sequels that were like direct to video. Right. Like, Cinderella do you guys... had a sequel. <laughs> yeah, there was a Cinderella too. I didn't know. I remember those set, and, and then... they weren't as like good budget either like no, no i wouldn't imagine for lion king one and a half yes <laughs> that's <laughs> right yes <laughs> and so, lion king 2 straight to video exactly like and not only that but they also uh created anime tv series like tarzan and then they had a tarzan yeah. and jane uh, oh hercules they, hercules. they had hercules exactly. aladdin Pretty now much they everything. have a Tangled. Yes, they have oh, a Tangled yeah. animated series right now on, on Disney. Six. Yep. 
And it's not a 3D. It's animated. Like 2D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somehow Rapunzel got her hair back. Like long hair. I was oh. watching it. And then I it kind of stopped. Because they were doing... It, it got a lot. So it's just... It dragged on. And it, she still has her long hair. Exactly. Resolved the, the first season yet. So... <laughs> it's a pun. Dragged on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so yeah, um, Disney, they um, they really want to uh, focus on the IPs and, and marketing it and building the brand. So if we saw, um, we see a bunch of stuff where they implement it in the parks with merchandise and even creating lands out of the different... Um, different movies like Bugs Land or uh, Toy Story Land, Land yeah. or Cars Land, you know, yeah. and upcoming Toys. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Although yeah. it isn't technically part of the movie, it's like a new experience, but they're building off the IPs that they own. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then coming up Marvel Land, so... <clears throat> To replace Bugs Land. <laughs> to replace Bugs yeah. Land, exactly. Well, Pixar has their own peer now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's smart um, uh, to keep the business running and everything, but sometimes you want something new. Uh, and, and, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work either, though, because, I mean, as much as we all kind of wanted, sort of, a Finding Nemo sequel... I feel like Finding Dory wasn't so so great, personally. How dare you! <laughs> <laughs> baby know, Dory I, is life. <laughs> baby Dory. Well, yeah, da- baby Dory was pretty cute, but the movie as a whole, I felt, was super forced. I mean, to some extent, but um, come on, Dory is is amazing. Ellen DeGeneres does an amazing job and she definitely carried the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Dory's character. Just It's just great that she was like the main character here because I guess in a lot of ways it uh, felt like uh, especially for viewers who have similar disability like, you know, it's like you get to see yourself up there in the movie. Yeah. And I, I kind of resonate with her because like I have I myself have ADD, and so just seeing that it just kind of cheers me up, basically. I think Disney does a good job in terms of trying to reach out to different groups of people, um, especially you see that with Pixar Disney um, Inside Out, where it kind of touches on the psyche of a, a young girl and what depression would look like, you know, and how to explain depression to children. Um, and they touch on that, and it, it really resonates with a lot of people. Definitely. And then you look at Zootopia and uh, how that relates to our current political situation, you know? Yeah, and society as a whole. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Zootopia, uh, Nelson, wasn't your <laughs> friend working on that? Didn't you work on that? Yes. Um, I have a friend who actually works at Disney Animation, and um, when she started working there, she, her first accredited project project that she worked on was actually Zootopia and when you know 
she mentioned that she was on it, and so I of course stayed throughout the credits of the movie. And when I saw her name, it you know jumped out in joy and started cheering out her name and everything. So, yeah, uh, I saw cool. I saw that video you sent us uh, where you were cheering. Yeah, I po I posted it on <laughs> Facebook and I shared it with her. And then uh, after that, she also did uh, some work on Moana. Uh, did the same thing there. And uh, she's currently working on, um, from what she's told me, she didn't say anything much else, but uh, she's currently working on Frozen 2 environments. Wow. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing her credit there, too. Yeah. That's pretty Shout big. out to you, Teal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's, that's what the future holds more for Disney. Um, you know, creating something new and then building on it. Uh, and then, obviously, bring merchandise to to the parks just for synergy purposes. Well, like Russia said, it's the company. <laughs> Definitely, got to yeah. keep it running. Nothing wrong with that. No, no. <laughs> like I said, take my money. <laughs> exactly. I mean, all of us here, we probably uh, buy a lot of merchandise from from watching the movies and and enjoying the movies. More like seeing the I mean, movies I'm... multiple times in the theater. Yeah, that's <laughs> that what too. I was gonna say. <laughs> exactly. I exactly. probably watched. I probably watched Incredibles two like two or three times already, and uh, loved it every single time. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> Laser eyes. No shooting the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a good. That was a good sequel. I liked it, um, and then and leaves more. For us to, oh, yeah. to be desired, you know. So I, know. <laughs> I hope it's not another fourteen years. No, I yeah. Good, good point. <laughs> fourteen years would be kind of long to wait Too for long. another one. It would one. be torture. Exactly, like the first one. <laughs> Me and Michael would be in our forties. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Dating ourselves here. <laughs> oh god. Speaking of animation, live action. Uh. Christopher Robin's coming out next oh, month. Yeah, that's true. Gets August sixth. I, I like it. They released some Dooney and Burke um, Winnie the Pooh bags, and uh, there's a wallet, a bag, a cross body bag, and a uh, tote. Um, and they range in prices, but I think it's anticipation of uh, the upcoming movie. So they look pretty good. Yeah, I think Marissa it's... wants one. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the uh, the concept too of the of the upcoming movie. Um, you know, Christopher Lovin uh, lost his way in his imagination, so Winnie the Pooh and friends come to help him. Yeah, and it also incorporates his kids. Um, exactly. Yeah. So it's also they're also doing something similar with the next Mary Poppins. Uh, it's Emily Blunt that's being Mary Poppins this time, and Lin Manuel Miranda is going to be sort of like a chimney sweep type. Mm. Um, and it has to do with the next generation. So she's not trying to re replace um, Julia, Julie Andrews, uh, Mary Poppins. She's going more towards the book. Um, at least that's what she said in her interviews. Uh, so she wants to make her own Mary Poppins to be distinct because, you know, Julie Andrews is a treasure. So and, of course, you want to be distinguished. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it would also copy. be interesting 
to see how they if they do the same kind of scene with the penguins um that would be kind of cool to see some sort of uh melding of animation in there i wonder if they're gonna make it like cgi penguins or if they're gonna do a 2d penguins because with the animation they have now i mean they could just put the penguins in with the live action i mean it could be seamless you know exactly you wouldn't be able to tell so yeah that's that's upcoming too i like that any uh any other like parks news that you guys have i heard that they're gonna have a Mar a new marvel place too at uh disney world like there's like a guardians ride that um i think i saw concept art with one of the the nova ships in there so um at epcot they are building a new ride um, it's going to be a really big roller coaster indoors, even, uh, longer than the rock and roller coaster is right now. Um, and it is guardians of the galaxy theme. So you're right. It's, um, pretty big. Um, oh. right now at Epcot, they just have the, the stage show, uh, where they, uh, they dance and sing and everybody gets involved, even the audience. So that would be replacing uh, the Aerosmith roller coaster. No, that's still there. It's still still there. gonna be there. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Aerosmith roller coaster is in Hollywood Studios. The this new Guardians ride will be at Epcot. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right now, yeah, they're still building it, um, and it's a huge building. So definitely looking forward to that. Do you so do you know where it's gonna be? Um, I forgot the location that they put it in uh, let's see i just don't imagine it being in the same area as like the world showcase well it's for sure going to be in future world um in that area where you remember where they used to have like is, is that where stuff? the test track is yeah in that area where yeah. test track was or is still but yeah. yeah it's off to the side okay. um you know by the big fountain um, yeah it's it's in that area by mission space okay okay so they do have that awesome mix live it's at the um the america gardens theater at epcot uh so that big stage um where they uh they usually have um bands come in during the summertime uh right now they have awesome mix live with gamora and uh star lord up on stage oh so right in front of the America Showcase. Yes, at the uh, that's where it is. Actually, uh, back when I was there, I I saw um, uh, who was it? It was the Voice of Men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, man, that was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> they came then, back. Oh yeah, yeah. Ugh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> They had a really good performance back then. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's right. That's coming. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, All right. I want to thank our hosts, uh, Nelson and Rissa, and our guest, AJ. Thank you very yeah. much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for inviting. No problem. So, um, everybody listening, please subscribe. Uh, visit our website, DisneyTimePodcast.com, and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. Uh, give us a listen on SoundCloud if you have it. 
And also check out our Instagram at Disney Time Podcast and Twitter at Disney Time Pod C1. So, yeah, that's our social media for now. Uh, we'll probably be adding a Facebook group as well so we can have more discussions. And uh, thank you very much. We will see you again next week. Bye. See ya. Bye.